Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Today is Friday, October 2nd, 2020. Coming up at Roland Martin Unfiltered, breaking news. Donald Trump tests positive for coronavirus. After months of acting as if it was no big deal, he now has it. In fact, Marine One is sitting on the White House lawn right now to fly him to Walter Reed Medical Center. We'll give you all of those details. According to the grand jury proceedings in the Breonna Taylor case, were released today, even though Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron filed a court motion seeking an extension. All right, folks, also on today's show, the monthly jobs report is out. We'll talk about what it means for African-Americans. Supreme Court just agreed to hear a case that conservatives could use to end the Voting Rights Act as we know it. And in an attempt at voter suppression, Texas Governor Greg Abbott limiting counties to one absentee ballot drop-off location. Also, we have the audio of a Louisiana trooper admitting to beating and choking a black man during a fatal traffic stop. And a former Aurora, Colorado top cop admits to ignoring a black woman's cries for help when she fell 
face down in the backseat of a car. And in California, a police officer involved in the 2019 shooting of a local rapper is fired. And Dionne Warwick will join us to tell us about National COVID Remembrance Day taking place this weekend. Folks, it is time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the find. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Yeah. It's on go, go, roll, y'all. Yeah. It's rolling, Martin. All right, folks, breaking news coming out of Washington, D.C. President Donald Trump and his wife, Melania Trump, both have tested positive for COVID-19. It was about 17 hours ago when this tweet was sent out confirming the diagnosis. Tonight, Flotus and I tested positive for COVID-19. We'll begin our quarantine and recovery process immediately. We will get through this together. But there's been a lot of things that have been happening uh, since that particular announcement. First of all, we now know that it was Hope Hicks uh, who uh, tested positive uh, for coronavirus. That, uh, that came down uh, yesterday but Donald Trump still went to a fundraiser at his mansion in New Jersey. The folks who were there did not know about this positive test. Then they came forward with this. What also happened is we now know that a number of people, a number of people, uh, a number of people have also been uh, testing positive. First of all, the GOP chairwoman, Rolla McDaniel, she was at the Supreme Court announcement in the Rose Garden on Saturday. She has tested positive. Senator Mike Lee of Utah, who was also at that particular uh, event, he has tested positive. The White House also has sent a statement out showing that several White House reporters, they have also tested positive for coronavirus right now. And then, of course, we got we saw the uh, the information that went out where the White House uh, was uh, announced that Donald Trump uh, had been given a particular treatment. Uh, not hydrochloroquine. Uh, he had been given a particular treatment. Uh, then the announcement came out that he is going to be going to Walter Reed, they say, for evaluation. Lots of speculation uh, going on. Here's what is happening right now. Again, Marine One is sitting on the White House lawn waiting to take Donald Trump to uh, uh, take Donald Trump to um, uh, Walter Reed. This uh, this right here is uh, a, a live shot from the Periscope feed of ABC News. Uh, that's what this particular uh, shot here is. And so again, uh, Marine One has been sitting there on the lawn for at least at least the last 45 minutes, uh, waiting to take uh, Donald Trump to Walter Reed Medical Center, which of course uh, is the preferred destination uh, where the president. Uh, gets treated. Folks, this is uh, absolutely uh, stunning and shocking news. Uh, we do have a variety of guests 
medical experts. Folks, let me know when we have those folks on. Uh, right now, I want to bring on my panel. Rob Richardson, host Disruption Now podcast. Quentin, uh, uh, Quentin Young is host of Poppin' Politics uh, podcast. Uh, folks, let me know when we have Dr. Ebony Hilton and the other guest on. This is a... Uh, this is this is, a, this is a huge story. We're going to get to the unemployment folks later. Not right now. Uh, this is a huge story here. Uh, and uh, uh, Rob, this is a, again. Here's a guy who has been completely ignoring coronavirus, refused to put on a mask, mocks Joe Biden at a debate on Tuesday did not require masks to be worn at the White House, would tell reporters in the White House, take your mask off so I can hear you, and then would just, and then when one reporter said, no, I prefer to leave it on, then he would just shrug and shirk, then tried to say uh, that Dr. Anthony Fauci agreed with him when it came to mask wearing uh, on Tuesday's debate. Fauci came up the next day saying that was not the case. And now Trump is positive with coronavirus. First lady, positive with coronavirus. Hope Hicks, positive with coronavirus. Other Republicans, positive with coronavirus. He now gets a treatment, now is being taken to Walter Reed. I think he might now realize COVID-19 is real. Well, you would hope he does now. You know, I'll just say this, Roland. Really, three thoughts went through my mind. The first thought, I mean, and and I hate that I even thought this was, is this true? Here we go, here we go. Sorry, sorry, one second here. Go back to my iPad, folks. So clearly Donald Trump is now walking out. They are shielding us from seeing what he looks like and wearing. And again, this is uh, the ABC News feed. You see the Marine the Marine right there. He's already saluting. On the far right, you see the White House photographer taking photos there. We can't see. Normally when the president goes out to Marine One, normally what they do is you have White House reporters who are assembled. Cameras are there live. They have prevented the media from being able uh, to uh, show live uh, from there. I don't see who those folks are on the left-hand side. If that's the pool report, we don't know. We cannot see if Donald Trump has a hazmat suit on, if he has, um, if he has uh, on uh, a mask, a face shield. We don't see any of that because the White House is blocking that view. We, do, we can see right now, because they changed the shot, the Marine who stands at attention, Marine One, has now moved out of the way, which means that Donald Trump is now on Marine One. And just in a few seconds, we're going to see the helicopter blades uh, start whirring, and then you're going to see uh, them take off. Uh, the fact, Rob, that they have not been really forthcoming with information. Uh, Kaylee McEnany, when she came out earlier, did not spend lots of time talking to the media. Uh, it was about four minutes or so. Mark Meadows, he spent talking to the media. Now you see Marine One uh, is about to uh, start up in a second. And then in a moment, you're going to see liftoff. The fact that they are flying him to Marine One as opposed to driving him to Walter Reed. Again, this White House, I can't trust anything that they say. This, yeah. Rob, is serious. No, I completely agree. I mean, but going to my first thought, you know, I didn't believe anything initially because it's just hard to know because there's so much misinformation, direct lies. But then sec- I went to the second point to think that this is not something that he would want to fake, I don't think, because he wants to be in front of crowds. And then you see what, and then we have a lot of information that's confirmed it. The third thought that came to my head was a hopeful one. I hope people understand that this is real. I hope they will take precautions. Uh, as you said earlier, the president was encouraging people not to wear a mask. As, as as late as the debate, one day before he tested positive, right? He's talking, he's telling people, 
no, we don't need to wear a mask everywhere. We don't need to be that. Like, this is serious. Listen to the listen to the scientists. Listen to the people that have been saying this. This is how vi viruses spread pretty simply. You, once you get around other people, they come. So what I hope people realize, Roland, is that we are all connected. Just like Dr. Martin Luther King said, it is not. This doesn't, it's not an isolated thing. We are connected. We're connected more than we ever have been. If we ignore these things, it, it hurts all of us. Um, let's go. First of all, Dr. Ebony Hilton. She is uh, on the line uh, right now. Uh, Dr. Hilton. She, of course, is an anesthesiologist, University of Virginia. She. We've had her on the show uh, for months now, talking about uh, this whole issue. Of coronavirus, uh, when you see when you see this here, when you see um, the president again now being flown to Walter Reed, look, Ebony, I hope his folks, the, the anti-mask people, the folks who've been sitting here uh, trying to rally and blast the people, now realize your boy got it. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's actually. It's unfortunate to me. I, I want to start off this conversation by saying we should never wish ill on someone because I do believe that we should wish the very best for all. Um, but it is unfortunate that it will take most times for things to land on your doorstep before some people take it seriously. And this comes at the, the tale of 210,000 Americans have already lost their lives. As, to this. As, as you're talking, Marine One is now lifting off from oh, uh, the man. White House uh, on his way to uh, Walter Reed Medical Center. Mm -hmm. Ebony, keep, Dr. Ebony, keep going. Yeah, um, you know, this is a very surreal image right here. And it's unfortunate because it's one of those things that we could have prevented. Um, we're seeing these um, these cases cre increase daily of uh, people being diagnosed with COVID-19. There's not only the old and not only the, the sick, it's children as well. And like I said, we've crossed as a nation 210,000 people that we know have died from COVID-19. And by the end of December, we're expecting another 200,000 Americans who have died from COVID-19. Um, this is this is this is real, um, you know. And I I think. In this moment, we should take a note that the president has the absolute best health care that is available. He has stringent testing protocols where anyone that's going to be around him is screened to see if they have any signs and symptoms of COVID-19. They're literally tested to make sure they don't have COVID-19. And yet he and his wife are both now infected. And he is so sick to the point that he needs to be flown out to get medical care at Walter Reed. Now, now let's speak to that. You have been, uh, you have been on the front lines uh, dealing with this, battling with this here, uh, as, as people have been and been trying to deal with this here. And you've had to, to treat people. You've seen it there. You've been in the ICU. You're you're an anesthesiologist. And so here's here's what we know. They announced that he had mild symptoms. Mm -hmm. They said low grade fever cough, things along those lines. Then all of a sudden, he got this particular treatment. Can you explain what that treatment was? Right. So for one, it's, it's unfortunate, but we don't know exactly if his symptoms were mild or what he has, right? Um, this administration has been feeding lies to the public for so long and downplaying this virus that we can't trust what's being said. But what we have been at least told is that he had mild symptoms for COVID-19. Um, and it was just now released by his physician that he was um, treated with Regeneron, which is a monoclonal antibody, it's a cocktail of an antibody that targets the S protein. Now, we know there's been talks all along about vaccines and, and whether or not antibodies can be a potential um, 
a potential way that we can help treat patients. This antibody, this monoclonal antibody, has just been in trial here recently. I think they had a total of 275 patients that have um, undergone treatment in an outpatient setting. And they did have actually promising results with, with this new drug. Now, granted, it is new, and it has not gone through all the phases of what we do to, to definitively say that this is a drug that we should use. So in this time, you know, it, it is one of those things of, is it the COVID-19 um, that's, that's causing him to go into the hospital? Is it the um, a reaction to the medication? Is this something altogether different? We don't know. Um, and like I said, unfortunately, I'm not sure if we can trust all the reports that come out, um, but we do, we do pray that he is gonna be well because this is our country and at this point, it is a national security risk. And on that particular point, again, what, what, so many people, here's a guy, 74 years old, mm -hmm. obese, uh, two, of, two of the biggest risk factors uh, you see right there. This is a ABC uh, has a video uh, of him walking out uh, moments ago, um, uh, walking to the helicopter. Uh, this was that, that particular video there is. And, and, and the thing I mean, that, that people have to understand is this is not something you play around with. This mm -hmm. is this is not, this is simply not, 204,000 people have already died. Seven million Americans have been infected. And the callousness by which he has acted in terms of not caring about masks, telling people don't, don't wear masks. Now we know White House reporters are testing positive for coronavirus. Uh, staffers uh, as round. He acted as if he was invincible and that he couldn't get it uh, and that no one else should really worry about it. He encouraged these folks, these anti-mask people, having their rallies, bringing their guns to the state capitol in Michigan, storming the capitol in Idaho, other different places. And now, now, mm -hmm. He tests positive. The governor of Missouri and his wife tested positive. We know a Republican. We know, of course, uh, the governor of Virginia did so as well. It does not matter what your uh, what, what, what your status is. You can get COVID-19. Right. And, you know, from the very beginning of this pandemic, we've been talking about the three T's, testing, tracing and treatment. And unfortunately, that second T is going to be an absolute nightmare in this situation because Donald Trump has held rallies in multiple cities across our nation where tens of thousands of Americans have been in attendance. So exactly where did he pick it up? You know, right now the media is concentrating on Hope Hicks, and I actually, in a way, feel bad for her because although she is negligent and although she should also um, be ashamed of the number of people that she potentially infected due to ego, we don't know and we cannot say for sure that she was the reason why Donald Trump was actually infected. And it is impossible actually to trace out the number of people he's been in contact with and the number of people they've been in contact with at this stage. And so we as a nation have to buckle up. What we know is during this fall, our numbers are already expected to increase. And now with this growing number of people that we see um, kind of close to the home of, of the center of the safety of our nation, that's a very scary place for America to be. Um, yeah, so we got to start taking this seriously, and hopefully his followers followers now will take it seriously, and we'll start to wear their masks so we can all be safe. Um, and one of the, the points that you made there when you talked about contact tracing, uh, again, I, there was a video earlier of folks there uh, in 
the in the White House Rose Garden. There was uh, Saturday uh, for the announcement of uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, they was they were just there hugging, kissing. Uh, no mask. In fact, um, here is a video right here. This is from Saturday. This is from Saturday. Uh, that and, and it shows you the nonsense, if you will, um, uh, Dr. Hilton. That and the sheer arrogance, the sheer arrogance of these folks, uh, the sheer arrogance of these folks, uh, acting as if COVID is no big deal. Watch this here. This, this, look at this video here. They're just sitting here hugging, no mask, talking to each other. That's Senator Mike Lee. He now is tested positive. Chris Christie, hugging, close. He was on ABC News uh, on, um, on Tuesday night next to other staffers as well. This is a mess. This is a mess. One thing, I, as far as Senator Mike, um, that, that I think he's, was he in Utah? Yeah, Utah. Senator Mike Lee from Utah. Yeah. Right. And one of the statements he made was that he tested negative at the White House and tested positive back home. And this is a very important distinction to make. For one, the tests are only as good as the amount of virus that you're actually shedding. So we talked about before that you can actually be infected and not necessarily test positive because your viral load is not high enough yet to be detected by that test. The second thing is we know that not all tests are created equal. So at the White House, they've been using the rapid test, the Abbott Nile, and that test has been shown that three out of every 10 times that is saying that you are negative, that is not true, that you actually are positive. And so people rely heavily on this test that I'm negative, this test that I'm negative. We, we have to do better at recognizing what the experts are trying to tell everyone, that you should treat everyone as if they are positive, that you should wear your mask at all times, that you should socially distance, that you should wash your hands and not touch your face. We have not changed that stance since beginning of, of March, right? And and it still remains today, if not more so. We have to be hypervigilant as we're heading into this flu season. Uh, as you're talking, uh, this is video from C-SPAN uh, of Marine One landing at Walter Reed Hospital. Uh, this is a live look here. The point that you, you just made that, again, that people don't seem to get about coronavirus, uh, who don't seem to, to understand uh, you know, its, its impact uh, is that it doesn't just show up immediately. Uh, it, mm -hmm. it, it takes a while for it to show up. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing I like to kind of compare it to for, for women, and I think everyone can understand this, pregnancy tests. Think of COVID-19 tests like a pregnancy test. You can test negative for a pregnancy test Monday morning, but if you and your, your significant other, your, your spouse, if you are engaging in activity where there is no a lack of protection, you can be pregnant by Monday night. It literally is that is that fast of um, exchange of bodily fluid um, in the form of, of respiratory droplets that can lead you to have a different life path. And what we know with COVID-19 is that for the most part, yes, a good 80% of us will have mild to no symptoms at all. But we know that there's a subset of people that it doesn't give you a warning and it can trigger this, this severe inflammatory response within your body. And the thing that we have to rec recognize, too, is that we're praying that, that Donald Trump, that he does survive this.
Um, what we know is that we've had 4% of all the closed cases in the United States have, have passed away from COVID-19. But the remaining people, the ones who have actually recovered, they've had massive strokes, they've had massive heart attacks, they've had their limbs amputated because of blood clots, they now have dialysis requirements because their kidneys are no longer working. They have permanent oxygen requirements because their lungs are no longer working. This is the truth of what COVID-19 is. And the, the progression to that, from the time you get infected to the time you start to show symptoms, is typically five days. The time you get to start showing symptoms so you need to be in the hospital is typically right around five to 10 days, right? And then unfortunately, the time that you get infected to the time of actually death is about two weeks. So Donald Trump was just tested positive within the last few hours. He has a long road ahead of him. Um, and these next couple of weeks may feel like the longest two weeks of his life. We also need to, need, need to as we talk about this, the, the also expand this and to get people to understand, again, the Marine One has landed at, uh, at Walter Reed Medical Center uh, mm -hmm. and, and you see uh, he's getting off. First of all, not not wearing any gloves. Just simply has, uh, just has a ma has a cloth mask on. He doesn't even have an N95 mask. Listen. Uh, earlier today we saw. Earlier today we saw um, Vice President Joe Biden give a speech, and he was wearing an N95 mask the entire time. This is one of those things again, where at, at least he has a mask. But it's one of those things where I, I cannot imagine any expert has told him to come out with a cloth mask on. And he was on an, an airplane, an enclosed space, with many people who also look like they just have on cloth masks. And it, they have every resource at their fingertips they could be using. So why are they not? And so to give people an example, you know, you do have the different type masks. You have the, um, the cloth mask that you can buy. Um, there are many vendors online that people have these cloth masks. Um, the next step up is going to be a form of surgical mask, and we have the you know the three-layer surgical masks that that are also really good. If you have any other option, you then have the N95 mask, and these are the ones that we've talked a great deal about um, that help to filter out the virus somewhat. But and and this the, we're showing the video here. This is Joe Biden earlier, uh, and again right. uh, giving a you know he, he gave the speech with his mask on the entire time. Okay, mm -hmm. everybody goes, she's about to show us this other mask. Uh, that is, is, is that the monstrosity you wear when you're yes. uh, in uh, University of Virginia Hospital? Yes, this is a P100 mask because I don't play with COVID. And so, you know, there's, there's different levels of safety that you can take if you're gonna be in close proximity with COVID-19 virus. Um, this one clearly fits over my entire face. Um, but in the case of, of Donald Trump, when you know you have tested positive, at this point, his body has the virus, but everyone else is on the plane. Protect yourself. And it's, and it's one of those things of, I don't know what else it will take for this administration. Herman Cain died from COVID-19, and that wasn't enough. Now the, the president and the, and the first lady of the White House have COVID-19. And clearly, the chief of staff came out today earlier to talk about the fact that they were positive, Without a mask on, right? And, 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 in, fact, and in fact, another right. White House official uh, stated that that a mask is still optional in the White House. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you people? I don't know what the bottom is. You know, I oftentimes ask people that, "What is your bottom? What will it take before you it wakes you up?" Um, 
And I, you know, initially I thought that this would be one of those things of if, if we have a hundred people die in the United States and then it came to, well, if a thousand people die, surely. And then it was a hundred thousand. And now I'm thinking, you know, will it take half a million people? Will it take a million? And I for sure thought if the president, the leader of this campaign of this is a hoax and this is nothing, if he gets it, then surely that will be an end to all this. And the last 10 hours of me knowing this, I've seen zero change out of some people. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm not hopeful that this will stop. Um, but I'm, I'm praying that Donald Trump, after this, will change his tune and hopefully help to save hundreds of thousands of American lives um, by just telling people to do what is, what is basic and simple to keep everyone safe. I'm going to bring in uh, Benga Ajalori. He's a senior economist at the Center for American Progress. Uh, Benga, the jobs report came out earlier, but this is going to have a direct impact uh, on uh, on the economy, obviously, uh, because, look, anything happens with the president, it happens. Um, when we talk about uh, the stock market today, how did the stock market perform today? We know uh, last night, uh, overnight, uh, it was down. What happened? So um, one of the things is the stock market is not the economy. Right. And no, 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 no. I got you. I just got. But but what often happens? It obviously always has some sort of immediate reaction. So I'm, I'm, so I just want to get a sense of what happened today. That's going to set up my next question, though. So initially, the stock market went down because there was concern that anytime there's any sort of risk or uncertainty, that stock market is always going to react to that. And then there's the uh, Pelosi and Mnuchin are still working on this deal. And they're sort of getting closer. I mean, it's much better than it was earlier this week. And so the market reacts positively to that. But a lot of times I don't really focus on the stock market because it it is, again, not a good measure of the economy. And with today being Jobs Day, you know, my sole focus was on what's happening with black unemployment, what's happening to the gap between black and white unemployment rates. But the, so the, a lot of times yeah, the, the stock market the, very the, the reason I raised the question, uh, because you talk about the level of uncertainty uh, and... Look, the reality is this here. We don't know really his condition. Uh, we don't know other staff as well. Now, all of a sudden, those things begin to have immediate impacts uh, across this country. It impacts the negotiations because all of a sudden, Steve Mnuchin and this administration and the Republicans in the Senate might realize, oh, damn, we've been sitting here playing games. We better get serious because the one guy who was like, ah, who was trying to actually forget COVID-19 as part of the election strategy, now can't forget it. That is true, but it's, I have a really hard time trying to figure out what's going to get policymakers to the table. Because we go back to July when they had the $600 a week to UI, and when that expired, I expected action to happen. Then when the jobs number a week later came out and they still weren't good, we still had double-digit unemployment, I expected policymakers to, to do something. And then came Labor Day. And, you know, now we're in October. We're less than, this is the last jobs date that we've had till the election, and we still don't have a plan. And even the plan that they're debating, they're not talking about state and local aid. They're not really talking about doing the $600. They're stuck at $400. I, I really can't predict what they're doing because they're still making, our economy is still struggling. And so many people are still struggling and policymakers are not coming to the table. And so it's really hard to predict because even then the stock market is still going to do well. People are, you know, rich people are still going to do well and that's not going to spur them. So I'm hoping 
something will happen this week or uh, next week. And that's why I raised the point about the stock market, because the problem is, uh, you know, too often uh, mainstream media every day reports to the stock market as if that is an indicator. Uh, and the reality is more than half the country isn't even in the stock market. And so if you rich, you're not sitting here worried about uh, COVID-19 and these things because, you, you know, you're living a whole different life than everyone else. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the thing that, that that also jumps out again, uh, the Trump folks wanted today to be all about unemployment going down to 7.9% and 600, 600 plus thousand jobs added. That ain't the story. Uh, but what does it look like for black America? Uh, last month, unemployment was what, 13%? What is it now? So it's down to 12.1% and it's gone down for black men. It's gone down for black women. But the reason why it's gone down is not because they're doing better. It's because they're not participating in the labor market. A lot of people have dropped out of the labor market, both black men uh, down 1.2%, black women 0.8%. Same thing for white women and women in general. And the big story of today's job number is the lack of people in uh, participating in the labor force. And that has to do with the fact that we're still stuck at home. There's no child care. People have to make the decision of staying home with their kids and helping to do remote education. So unemployment went down, but not because it, it's not a good number because participation went down. And that's the key story. Uh, and so, again, they're touting that. But but and I saw what it said, some 800,000 women just dropped out of the of, of the, uh, of the uh, labor market. Yeah, so about 800,000 women, 200,000 men, but that is just, and that's because they can't, they have to make the choice of taking care of the home, helping out with remote education, things like that, and that's harming our economy. All right. Uh, Binga Agalori, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so very much. Thank you. I'm going to go back to, I'm gonna go back to uh, Dr. Ebony Hilton, bring her in, also bring, uh, bring uh, my panel in. Uh, Ebony, yesterday, uh, actually two days ago, the governor of Mississippi uh, he decided to lift the state's mask mandate. You're also, yesterday, the governor of Texas chose to uh, tell the big counties they can only have one mail drop box. Uh, I think what is going to happen, I would hope, that all of these idiots out here who've been playing games with COVID, who've been playing games with politics, are now going to realize, hello, y'all might want to cut the nonsense out because if your guy, Trump, got it, everybody's at risk. Oh, and for sure. And I think one important thing, too, with Trump that we need to notice um, with this attack on politics, we know necropolitics are policies that directly influence whether or not you live or die. That's going to be on the line with this election this year. And I, I do encourage everyone to vote. Um, but we noticed that Trump, you have free health care. Um, you were not only you have free health care, but you were actually given a treatment in your home and then flown to another hospital for immediate care. That's socialized medicine. Um, and that's the thing that you are you've been touting about that that we don't need that in America, that um, that that Biden is a socialist. But health care, we should not be debating whether or not if someone is sick and they're on their deathbed, whether or not we should be able to help them in that moment. And Hopefully, he will now be the champion for, for that changing. Um, but yeah, the, the the changing around of ballots and where someone can go and vote, that is all a, a, a tactic to disenfranchise people. And, and I'm hoping that people don't fall for it, that we show up early and make your voices known. Quentin Young, I'm going to pull you in right now. Again, all of these folks are sitting here. Uh, they, uh, you know, conservatives are talking about folks should be 
uh, praying for the president and pulling through. And uh, first of all, we don't want to see anyone be seriously ill or die from mm -hmm. COVID-19. But I think about Herman Cain. I think about Herman Cain, who goes to the president's rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, shortly thereafter, gets coronavirus. Uh, less than one month later, he's dead. And all of these people who play games with this don't want to do social distancing. He, want, he, he kept having rallies. Again, for his senior aide, Hope Hicks, to actually get test positive and he still go to a fundraiser in New Jersey like it's no big deal. And no one at that fundraiser knows that she had tested positive. And at that very point, he was carrying coronavirus. That shows you the absolute disregard that Donald Trump has for other people, health and well-being. The, the issue that I have here is we where does it go from here? Right. We see that it's serious because I don't believe Donald Trump would want to go to the hospital if it wasn't right. I'm sure they almost had to drag him there. So at this point, what uh, his surrogates say, what what happens with him now? Because they he has to get some amount of treatment. It has to be a big issue. Right. And and I kind of don't believe that they're really going to shift their stance on coronavirus that much. They're going to still downplay this issue. Julian Malveaux, uh, there are a lot of people out here who are saying this isn't true, it's false. Uh, you can't, but, and this is part of the deal, part of the reason why when you're in administration and you lot of people uh, for the last three and a half years, no one believes you. There are people who are going, we don't know if this guy actually has it. We, don't, we, we think he's lying. We think this is all about getting attention. We think this is shuts down the whole white supremacy, uh, 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 QAnon, as well as Proud Boys whole deal. This is what happens when people don't have trust in government because you haven't earned the trust. And that's why you're already seeing folks say, hey, we think this is all a charade. Well, he has set the foundation for lying. He's told more than 20,000 lies since he's been in office. I've heard people say either they don't believe he has it or others say he, it must be worse than they're even putting out there when they first said mild symptoms. We don't go to the hospital for mild symptoms. So pe people are just all over the place because they don't know. And because, you know, Mark Meadows, that little thing he did, the press conference, whatever he did, it was, it was so shallow. It was ridiculous. And again, as the sister doctor said, and without a mask. How do you do this without a mask? Um, well, you do it if you're basically you're sending mixed signals. This is serious. It's not that serious. I don't have to wear a mask. You know, last uh, week he went to Trump went to Jacksonville, Newport News, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. He went to Cleveland. He went to Duluth, um, Minnesota. He went all over the place. Minnesota, Missouri, one of those. He went all over the place. So who knows? I mean, the, the issue of tracking is very important here because who knows who was close to him. Who knows who touched him or who he coughed on? And he doesn't have to cough. All he has to do is open his mouth and start spewing, and those little droplets are falling. So, you know, don't nobody believe... Everybody has some skepticism about what's going on because he set the foundation for this skepticism. Uh, Ebony Hilton, I want to bring you back in. You and I were on the phone. We were talking when... Uh, before he was having the rally there in Newport News. And you were like, let me pull up the stats here. And the folks in Newport News were begging him not to come. And again, the, the sheer arrogance to keep having these large rallies, 
And then he was like, oh, we had them outdoors. No, you lied because you had a couple indoors as well. And these idiots are just standing there right next to each other. And they're just, and no mask. <laughs> and then when somebody comes on stage about wearing a mask, it happened in Ohio. The lieutenant governor was on stage about wearing a mask and these fools start booing him. Right. I mean, and that's not the only, the only lie, right? I, I hope his supporters noticed that initially he said it was a hoax. Um, and then it turned from being a hoax to... I am now promoting this drug, hydroxychloroquine, right? And one thing I want everyone to notice is that in the report that his physician released in the treatment that was given emergently to Donald Trump in the White House, it did not contain hydroxychloroquine. Now, this is a drug that he's been pushing for the last seven months, um, telling the American public that the reason why they don't want to give you this drug is just to make me look bad. And now, so I hope his supporters see that when he himself has been diagnosed with COVID-19, did he ask for that drug to be given? And the answer is no, because it is is shown to have increased mortality with that drug. And so this is just a number of his lies that he continues to tell. Um, and the the wool has been lifted from everyone's eyes. I'm hoping everyone saw the helicopter have to take him to Walter Reed. And so we can get on with the next phase of how do we deal with this pandemic and have it based in truth and in science. Also, at Dr. Hilton, I certainly hope also the people who keep playing games with this, the people who keep going, having events and having parties and, and going to clubs and going to restaurants and bars and having all these massive get-togethers, not wearing masks, uh, realize that this thing is real. Um, again, you and I have talked about young folks, 19 years old, mm -hmm. 25 years old, dying because of coronavirus, people who are in great shape. Uh, the problem is doctors still do not know what this thing does to different bodies. It, 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 you, you, it'll hit somebody who's in their 40s. Uh, the guy who was um, in Massachusetts, I believe, who was a triathlete, I mean, they fought for this man to live, uh, and it was unbelievable. Uh, that, and they said they tried every single thing, and then other people impacted them a whole different way. Doctors simply don't know, and so when people go, ah, it's no big deal, you don't know how this thing might impact you. You might be the fittest person in the world, but all of a sudden, it gets in your body and just other stuff happens. Right, and, and it's one thing for adults. I have a special place in my heart for children. Um, children have no choice, and adults have made choices for them to now be placed into schools where they can be potentially put at risk of contracting this, and how many have at this point? Well, we know that over half a million children have been diagnosed with COVID-19. It's been an increase of over 720% as far as the cases from early summer to now. When you look at hospitalizations, we've had an increase in over 346% of children now having to be hospitalized for COVID-19. And of those, one in every three are requiring to be admitted to the ICU. And of those, you're five times more likely to be admitted to the ICU. If you're a black child, you're eight times more likely to admit it to the ICU if you're a Hispanic child. And we've even seen an increase in a number of children that are dying from this disease. And that's where I have, you know, the, the major the major problem is that the children, they don't have a voice. And then when we're looking at even the, the age group of people who, again, don't die, we're seeing, for instance, at the University of Pennsylvania, I think the athletes who tested positive for COVID-19, 15 to 30% of them 
when they had a scan, even if they had mild to no symptoms at all, they were shown to have inflammation of their heart. There was another study in Germany where of 100 people who had no symptoms or mild symptoms related to COVID-19, 78% of them had inflammation of their heart when there was a scan performed. And what does that do for the long-term effect? Does that mean that in, in 15 years from now, are we gonna see a, a great increase in the number of people who have heart failure? That instead of you having heart failure at the age of, of 60, 70 years old, you're not having heart failure at the age of 40. That's what we need to be real about in the United States is that we are learning things every single day and we cannot afford to infect the mass of us with something that we don't know what the endpoint looks like. Rob, Ridiculous. Rob, I want to go to you. This is that again, when we start looking at uh, how we, how, you know, how we move forward. What, what this, what this just, I guess for lack of a better phrase, Folks have been talking about uh, karma. They've been talking about how things come at you real fast. I mean, look, this is the deal. This administration has played games with coronavirus. They have ignored scientists. They've ignored doctors. The CDC has altered information. They've stopped them uh, from giving different directives. They've done all these different things. They wanted to play this thing down like it was, hey, let's just put it out of sight, out of mind. That was their strategy. And now it's front and center. Now they've canceled all campaign events. Now they're going virtual. I, I dare say right now, Senator Kamala Harris and the Biden campaign should come out and say no to a debate in Utah. We're not Absolutely. getting on a plane. Have it in Washington, D.C. No audience is there. But no, Absolutely. damn going to Utah. I mean, to me, they, they don't even have to have a debate at this point anymore. I think after the first debate, for a lot of reasons that you've already discussed, they don't need to have it. This is another reason why they don't need to have it. There's nothing that we're going to gain from a debate. But I want to go back to something that the sister said that I think is really, really, really important that, that, that really needs to be emphasized, that the fact that we don't know the long-term effects. She already talked about the health effects. But what are going to be the long-term effects of... Uh, really the economics uh, of, the, of the whole situation. What about our healthcare companies? I don't know if they overrule Obamacare. Are they going to say this is a pre-existing condition? You're no longer covered. Or is your insurance company, when they see maybe you've had COVID, will they not? Will you not? Will you not now be able to get life insurance even though you're 40 because they don't know the effects of of the future? So they don't want to give you life insurance. I mean, there are so many things that we don't know, and I hope that this is a turning point really for our nation and how we do healthcare how we invest in each other. I mean, we have one or two ways. We can keep going the way that we were going. And the way that we were going, we were really literally killing each other uh, because people did not want to believe that this virus was there because it was politically inconvenient. It was economically inconvenient. But it, but the facts are facts. Data is data, data and science works. And I really hope that we can come together and actually start solving problems and moving forward as a nation and not go back to this just stupid way and this emotional way of just reacting just because it's, it's comfortable for us in the moment. Dr. Ebony Hilton, your final word. Yeah, I guess my final word is that at the end of the day, this is not political. These are people. Um, at this stage, literally one in every thousand black people who were alive in January has died from COVID-19. Um, that's it. That's a crazy number. Um, and, and we're seeing that, again, with the inflow of, of the fall season, I'm really afraid because we have 
crippled the um, the trust of the community into the medical system. There's been criticism of the CDC and the World Health Organization, and, and people don't know what to trust anymore. So I'm hoping people trust me when I say this. What I fear is that the combination of getting the flu and COVID-19 at the same time, that is an overwhelming inflammatory response. And that that's what caused so many people early on to pass away from COVID-19. And we haven't made much advances as for, as advancements as far as treatment options. Um, we haven't, we don't have a vaccine at this point, right? So if you will do me a favor and just go out and get your flu shot, as early as you can get it. I got mine three days ago, two days ago. Get your flu shot um, so that you can best protect yourself and then wear your mask. Stay at home as much as possible. I know it's tough, but we're gonna have to buckle down these next few months. Um, and by a few months, I mean well into 2021 until we get our finger on the pulse of this thing because we all wanna live. And is, at this point, we, we've lost too many of our family and friends yeah, so let's try to make it together, and we can do this. All right, then, Dr. Ebony Hilton, University of Virginia, we truly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Folks, the Supreme Court just agreed to hear a case that conservatives could use to end the Voting Rights Act okay. as we know it. The Ninth Circuit stuck, struck down two Arizona voting restrictions. It ruled that both laws had a disproportionate impact on racial minorities and that one was motivated by racist intent all in violation of the Voting Rights Act. Joining me to break it down is Barbara Arnwine, president and founder of the Transformative Justice Coalition. Uh, Barbara, um, ex explain how this uh, is targeting Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act and how this could be the final nail. Some are describing it as the final nail in the VRA. Well, you know, everybody knows or should know that in 2013, the Supreme Court in the Shelby versus Holder case did significant damage to Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act by basically holding that that section, uh, that Section 4B that uh, designated which states were had engaged in past acts of racial discrimination and therefore should be subjected to harder scrutiny whenever they wanted to pass a new law, a new voting rights law, or a new voting procedure that they had to be, quote, pre-cleared and approved in advance by a federal court, uh, the designated federal court, or by the Department of Justice. Well, they said that wasn't no longer necessary because there wasn't proof that there was present-day discrimination that warranted those states being treated differently than any other states. Well, that then meant that Section 5, for all practical purposes, has been out. So people haven't been able to challenge discriminatory actions and events. We always said, okay, at least we have Section 2. Section 2 is the liability standard for any state or jurisdiction that engages in racial discrimination in voting. And we've always said that that would at least allow us post the act to challenge it or to get an injunction when we saw that the act was going to have a, a huge impact, negative impact on voters. So we've been using Section 2. All these cases that people are seeing around the country where people are challenging discrimination in voting has been based on 
Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act and, of course, you know, various clauses of the Constitution and, you know, federal or state constitutions, wherever we can use them. But what we're seeing now is a direct frontal attack on Section 2, where they're trying to limit Section 2 to only redistricting cases, which means that all these vote denial cases, such as is raised in the case of Arizona Republican Party versus Democratic National Committee, which is the case in chief that we're talking about here, this would, in fact, mean that all these practices, such as eliminating Election Day uh, registration, if you think it's going to benefit Blacks, or getting rid of uh, you know, or, or, you know, getting rid of early voting, all of these kinds of things that have been done to hurt African-American voters, to hurt Latino voters, would no longer, under this theory, be challengeable under Section 2. So what's at stake here in this case were two issues that people are familiar with. One is what they call correct precinct voting, meaning you got to know, Roland, your correct precinct. And if you're at the wrong precinct and you vote, even if you vote a provisional ballot, it will not be counted, period. Uh, and, and be very clear, we dealt with this in other states, they don't tell voters when they come in to vote that you're at the wrong precinct, they won't tell you where the correct precinct is, and they don't tell you that when you vote that provisional ballot that they're going to throw it away. So you know, when we look at the 1.9 million tossed ballots, in 2016, I mean, when I say toss, I mean they were discarded and not counted as part of that election that was decided by 80,000 votes. When people look at that, you got to understand that's because of vote spoilage and out of precinct ballots accounts for thousands and tens of, th tens of thousands of those uh, toss ballots. The other thing is that in this case, uh, it, uh, the issue of ballot harvesting came up. And ballot harvesting uh, is where you are able to, let's say, if you're like me and you got people in your household who don't go outside because they say they are too susceptible to COVID and they get their vote-by-mail ballot and they want you know, somebody to come by and pick it up uh, and take it to the voting place for them, or they're in a, a residence hall, or let's say where there are several people and uh, you know, assisted living who need their ballots taken, then some of these states don't allow it, period. And other states, uh, you know, limit you to like three when there could be 10, 20 people in need. Other states like Maryland allows you to take as many as necessary as long as you, you know, people want you to. So there's all these restrictions. In this case, uh, you know, what the issue in the, uh, that the court is going to decide is whether or not. Uh, not only does it uh, apply, the Section 2 apply to vote denial cases versus just redistricting cases, but they're going to look at whether or not the state has the right to use these kind of practices and have these laws when they know the people who are going to be hurt by them are black people and brown people. Rob, and that's uh, who are going to suffer the most. Rob, Supreme Court Justice um, John Roberts, uh, Chief Justice, He's actually been trying to do away with the Voting Rights Act. If you read that Shelby yes. decision, uh, that's the deal. Republicans have been targeting this. I this is also why all these people out here, uh, 
This is why Democrats need to get control of the United States Senate, because if they do, they can actually pass a law. See, when people don't understand Supreme Court rules on the existing law, they can then pass a law that, first of all, strengthens the vote, addresses the issue in Shelby v. Holder, strengthens the VRA, and get rid of a 25-year sunset provision that was put in place by the Southern Dixiecrats, those white supremacists, and then say, no limit. It's the law, period. Well, you know, it's the fix. Hold hold, hold on, hold on, Barbara, hold on. Rob, go ahead. No, no, I mean, and they sure can. And we we talked about this before, but what has to happen, we're assuming that Biden wins and they take over the Senate, there has to be, there can't be business (coughs) as usual. They have to... They have to get rid of the filibuster and they have to make these moves that you're talking about and really be bold. Absolutely, they should do that. They should do it unequivocally. Second, they need a real strategy when it comes to judges. You know, uh, the right, they start off, they have to make they make sure everybody in law school, I know this, they go to the Federalist Society, they start recruiting you in law school to make sure that uh, they know what your ideology is going to be. So they know who they want to pick, not only for the Supreme Court, but all the district, the, the the district court, the Court of Appeals. Those actually hear more cases. I mean, Republicans have played the long game and, and they understand because there's actually more power and more legacy in the court. We know as black people, we've had our rights reversed more from the courts than we have from anything else. So we need to make sure as as, as really the most functional part of the, of the Democratic Party that when we, when we talk about judges, the conversation just can't be about Roe v. Wade. It also has to be about voter rights. It also has to be about the right. Fourth Amendment. It has to be about black lives. But Those things have to be in the equation when we talk about judges, and we need to start being strategic and recruit in the long term as well. But, Julian, the reason, the reason Republicans have been so strategic and focused on the long game when it comes to judges is because of things like the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act and the Fair Housing Act because they do have not, have not liked what those laws have actually produced, which is why I'm saying I get the whole deal with the strategy with judges. What I'm saying is short term. Right now, Joni or Jody Ernst Joni is down 12 points in Iowa. Democrats are leading in Arizona, leading in Colorado, leading in Maine. They're leading in North Carolina. They're leading in Iowa. That's five seats. They only need four seats to take control. You pick up those five seats. You pick up, uh, you get a miracle with Mike Espy in Mississippi. If they, Democrats, if y'all put money in the race, if you also pick up, pick up uh, the seat in North Carolina, that's seven seats. What I'm saying is, the Democrats should be saying, Chuck Schumer should be saying, we get control of the Senate in the first 60 days, we are going to completely strengthen the Voting Rights Act. Absolutely, Roland. The fact that if we look at the history of our people and their, our rights and the courts, Fair Housing Act, et cetera, good stuff, but we go back, look at Plessy, look at the ways that the courts have been manipulated uh, with law. So we do have to have a long game and a short game. The short game is as soon as Biden is elected, he, he should do just like uh, the Republicans do and have a list, a long list and a short list. Who are these people? Start vetting them now. I mean, we know they know who some of the people are, but we don't know who they all are. When when 45 won, he already had a list. The Federal, Federalist Society gave him a list. There were some 30 or 40 names on it. So who on the progressive slash left side is doing the same thing? I mean, I know Barbara Arnwine has a list. I'm sure of it. Um, oh, yeah. But, but you know, we, we they 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 get us with future planning every time. But I mean, yeah, but but but, 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 but about the, the right. Reagan revolution worked. It took a long time, but it worked. 
You look back yep. to 1980 and look at now, many of the deregulation, you know, freer markets, all that stuff worked. So we have to yep. think about a long game also because we're not only talking about our rights today, but we're talking about the future of our children and our grandchildren's rights moving forward. Quentin, and what, yep. Quentin, what I want these people to understand, all of these people who yell out here, say, leave the top of the ticket blank uh, because <laughs> Biden is the same as Trump. Let, let me remind people. In 2016, Quentin, 90,000 people in Detroit left the top of the top position blank. Donald Trump mm -hmm. won Michigan by 11,000 votes. 70,000 of the 90 were African-American. What people don't understand is what I'm talking about here is that if Biden-Harris wins, Democrats take control of the Senate, if you then fix the VRA, for all y'all folk who say, I'm going to focus on local <laughs> issues and not national, the Voting Rights Act impacts local races. It impacts all elections. And so when you say, I don't care about Biden, Trump, I don't care about the U.S. Senate race or the congressional races, I'm going to focus on DAs, judges, mayors, and state representatives, state senators, what you're also realizing is that if you lose preclearance, Section 4, if you lose Section 2, then you do not have a way to combat these Republican-led states, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, South Carolina, and on. So, folks, stop acting like what happens nationally don't impact you locally, Quentin. But, and see, this is a conversation that I actually have all the time with my followers on my social media um, and, and just really in general. But it, it starts in education, right? A lot of people don't know about the judges. A lot of people don't know that Donald Trump uh, did the mo second most judges of any president in history. A lot of people don't know that Mitch McConnell had planned this all along and wrote a whole book about it. I mean, it, it starts there, right? Um, and then the thing about it is when people think like, oh, Joe Biden is a racist and then they think, oh, Donald Trump is a racist. So I'm just not voting. What does that help? Right. But people really need to understand that these policies matter in your everyday life. But but we have to make sure that people know. Well, and that's right? what and that's, and that's precisely why. Uh, I launched this show because we could not depend upon mainstream media uh, to do so. Final comment. 30 seconds. Barbara Arnwine, go. Yes. Listen, today we're doing these John Lewis Good Trouble uh, voter awareness marches all over the country, and we're taking people to the polls because we're about voting. And we just did that in Chicago yesterday. We did it in Richmond today, and we're going to do it in Philly on the 10th, and we're coming to D.C. on the 12th. We're just doing these marches, 25 of them all over the country, where black people are, including Milwaukee, etc. But I just want people to know that when you vote, vote for judges. Because this is the kind of stuff, this fiction that somehow everything's race neutral, this fiction that they have voter fraud to work with, and that, they, and that this is, you know, the more important than the truth, that there is no voter fraud. I mean, all of these things are at stake in this case, in this court. So when you're watching the fight over the Supreme Court right now, and you're looking at, you know, uh, you know, hurt the, uh, you know, the candidate, and you're saying to yourself, well, that doesn't involve me. Yes, it does.
Got Everything it. about it involves you. Barbara Arnwine, Transforming Justice Coalition. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you, sir. Got to go to a break, folks. Groups are suing Texas Governor Greg Abbott over his decision uh, to limit counties to one voter drop box. We'll discuss that next. Also, we'll talk to Dion Warwick about this uh, event this weekend, National COVID Remembrance. So all of that, folks, got a lot more left to do on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Don't change. We'll be right back. Daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roller Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roller Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. Be wise as a serpent. Be harmless as a dove. And in moments like that, uh, and you know, you know, it's like when you're dealing with politics and you're dealing with different people who have different agendas, part of it is sometimes before you even get in the room or before you're going to meet with somebody, you got to do your prep. You got to say, okay, this person is working an agenda. They have a certain degree of power. They have constituents, whatever it may be. Right. Let, let, let me do my prep before I get in the room so that I'm prepared to handle it. Because when you're going to someone else's turf, they control the environment. Right. So that is one of that is one of the biggest turfs in the world. Oh yeah. So part of it is like, okay, I'm being invited to whatever the situation may be. I'm being invited. Okay, let me spend some time. Let me get my team together. Let me get my talking points together. Let me get let me get some strategy in place so that when I'm in the room, I've prepared myself to maneuver and to right. handle and to, to respond. Abbott limit the number of uh, mail drop boxes in counties uh, to accept absentee ballots being dropped off. Uh, why is he doing so? Because Republicans uh, are desperate to hold on to uh, the Texas House there. They have seen uh, Democrats do extremely well uh, in the suburbs of Texas. Democrats are nine seats away from taking over the Texas House, which means that they will have a hand in government leadership, but also setting up the districts gerrymandering. That's really what this is all about. Uh, and so what these groups uh, have done, uh, there are several groups uh, who are suing Texas as a result of his decision. Uh, this here is uh, the uh, a story in uh, the Houston Chronicle. I'm going to pull up in just a second. Uh, a day after his decision, uh, three groups uh, have come together, and that is uh, the Texas and National Leagues of United Latin American Citizens, the League of Women Voters of Texas. Uh, they have joined together uh, to do so. This is important, Julian, because Again, what I keep trying to explain to people, you got to understand uh, what is happening here in our political game. And that is this here. You can't just look at what's happening on the national level. If Democrats are able to pick up those nine House seats in Texas for the first time in almost two decades, they will control the Texas House, which means you take this census. Uh, then what happens is when it's time to set districts, Democrats now have power. Before, Republicans controlled the Texas House, the Texas Senate, and the governor's mansion, and that's how they were able to draw all of these red districts. Now, uh, they're going to have to negotiate with Democrats because they now are going to be in power. So this is the governor trying to thwart that from happening. Harris County is larger than Rhode Island. Harris County, where Houston is, is larger than the state of Rhode Island. 
This, some 2,200 square miles. This is the game Republicans play when it comes to voter suppression, hopefully. And this is why also, Julian, federal judges matter because they filed the the case in federal court. Exactly. I was stunned. Really, not really stunned, but I was astonished that uh, Governor Abbott would pull such a stunt as to have just one drop box per county. That means in Houston and Harris County, people may have to drive dozens of miles to get to a drop box. But, but, but look, Republicans did this in Ohio. And then the A. Philip Randolph Institute challenged them. A federal judge overruled the Secretary of State and says, no, you can't limit it to one in the county. This ain't just Texas. It's Republican no, strategy, Julian. Well, yes, it is. I mean, the, the strategy that Republicans have is voter suppression. They want as few of us to vote as possible. They want to make it as difficult as possible. And the, the whole thing with voter harvesting, uh, they want to make it difficult. As, as I think Barbara said, your apartment buildings, assisted living, if you could only bring three ballots, there may be 100 people in there. And this, of course, goes to the Trump narrative about ballot stuffing, which is just ridiculous. It's, it's really wrong. But we know that they want to suppress the vote because if 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 everybody votes, we win. Democrats win when more people vote. We know that younger people uh, have very little patience. Uh, they're not going to go through but so many changes. But you know, even even here in the District of Columbia, where we're pretty democratic, the way that you... I just got my absentee ballot, and it is not crystal clear what you've got a secrecy sleeve, you got another sleeve, and you got another envelope. And if your thing is not um, submitted properly, right. vote will not even count. So there are all kinds of schemes out there right. to keep people from voting and to keep their votes from counting. And as you say, Roland, that's why you have to vote the whole ticket. Vote, you know, from the top to the bottom. Biden's not perfect, but he's, uh, guess what, better, a whole lot better than Trump. Well, and again, and, uh, but, but, and, and the issue is not Biden being perfect, Rob. The issue is who will the people Biden put in charge, put in departments, absolutely. put as federal judges. Yep. This is the quote from the lawsuit uh, in Texas, the impact of this 11th hour decision is momentous, targets Texas's most vulnerable voters, older voters and voters with disabilities, and results in wild variations in access to absentee voting drop off locations, depending on the county a voter resides in. It also results in predictable, disproportionate impacts on minority communities that already hit hardest by the COVID-19 crisis. Rob. Yeah, I mean, this has been, as we've talked about, it's been a long-term strategy of, I would say conservatives, it's been a long-term strategy of Republicans for the last 30 years. When Democrats used to be conservative, it was a it was a strategy then. The strategy is about how to hold on to power and how to keep us out of power. We have to fight back harder, and the only way to overcome voter suppression is mass voter turnout. They are going to do this. We know they're going to do this. And But I, I actually have faith that people are going to push forward. They shouldn't be doing this, but we know they're going to do this, and they're doing this because they are frightened you know, I know, I know. Here in Ohio, I think they say that the numbers are, are approaching record levels in terms of registration, uh, and I think that's everywhere across the country. Now we got to make sure those people get out and they go, they go to vote. And when Democrats win, right, they have to do. I want to just emphasize this point: they have to end the filibuster. None of this stuff can happen. Changing the Voter Rights Act, anything we're talking about, any type of progressive policy, none of that happens with the filibuster. They have to end it. And when they end it, they can't worry about, well, what are the Republicans going to say if we do this? What are they? They're already going to do it. They've right. already done it. <laughs> now there has to be a response by Democrats when you have power 
Use it. Act like you know what to do with it. That's all I want to see happen. Uh, Quentin, on the same day the lawsuit was filed, this is also the other story in the uh, Houston Chronicle. 1,083 cases, COVID-19 cases, added to the Houston region rolls, bringing it to nearly 200,000. Uh, in Harris County alone, cases increased by 849, totaling 143,530 people. That's why you need multiple drop boxes as opposed to making the entire county drive to one early one location uh, in uh, in all of Houston. That is idiotic. I mean, we, we could just call it what it is. I mean, it's racist, you know, I mean, when they want to suppress the vote. And I mean, they know it's a perfect storm with coronavirus. People are worrying about evictions. People are worrying about jobs. People are worrying about money. People are worrying about their kids at school. And then now you're going to make it so they have to drive all the way across the county to go vote. Or or, or, I mean, or have to take public transportation all the way, which further puts you at risk if you have to take multiple buses to get across town and then go and, back. And, and who's willing to do that? Let's be honest. If you got work, you're trying to save money, can you really take public transportation? Especially if you're and elderly. Go to drop it off at the one, and it's sure gonna be a line. Especially, or something especially if you're elderly. Me. Especially if you're elderly. Right, and then another thing that I read, they also said that the parties can appoint poll watchers. Yeah, first, right, first, so first of all, that, that that that's always been the case. Uh, appointing poll watchers. The difference is that this is the first election. Uh, where in the last 20 years where uh, a consent decree has not been in place to keep Republicans uh, from intimidating folks at the polls. Uh, and so that's also part of the problem we're facing. Quentin, go ahead. Right. And and I just want to relate it to the, to the things that Donald Trump said at the debate. He wants people to be there. He wants people to watch the polls. He wants people to intimidate. Right. So when you put all these things together, I mean, it's a it's just a gumbo of suppression. And it's crazy that it's allowed. But I mean, in the end of the day, all we can do is try to vote these people out of power um, to get some fair rules. No, no, no. But so, hold on. I, I don't I don't want to uh, run past that. When you said all we can do is vote them out of power. That's the point that we got to keep pounding. If see, again, I think the problem here is that when people say just vote, they don't connect the dots. And what I'm trying to argue is that when you vote for who is president, that person chooses federal judges. When you vote for who controls the Senate, they control who confirms federal judges. In the final year of Obama's presidency, guess what? They were He was able only to get through eight district judges because Mitch McConnell blocked them. So when Trump the other night in the debate was like, Obama just left me a hundred open positions. Why did he do that? He didn't do it because he felt he was lazy. He did it because Mitch McConnell blocked. And so for the people who are listening, the Amendment 4 uh, case out of Florida, what what the, the drop box there in Ohio where Rob is, when we talk about uh, my native state of Texas, the role that federal judges play, not all cases go to the Supreme Court. So those district judges are often the final arbiters yep. of what people have to say. And so I need people to understand, stop this nonsense. And let me just be as clear as possible. Ignore all of these idiots 
who y'all follow with these YouTube channels, people oh, who yeah, got yeah, these fake economic universities, the people who got talking about they foundational blacks and ADOS and all these people, ignore these fools who say don't vote. Oh, because, what I'm because what I'm trying to explain to y'all, there is no issue that you care about that is not impacted by elected officials. Now, right. that does not mean that we vote for them and then disappear. No, yeah, that's the we give part. them we hell when they win. But if you, if anybody who you follow on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook is telling you don't vote, unfollow Unfollowed. and block them immediately. <laughs> unfollow and block because they are stuck on stupid. They are, because you can do nothing with, without political rights. You have no economic rights. The two are tied together. So, like, yeah, yeah, Roland, I mean, that's, that's a really great point. And I want to get to your second point. We should then hold them accountable. And I do believe the Democratic Party in the state that it is right now, they're not going to just settle for, oh, well, let's just go back to the way we were. Again, they're going to have to get rid of the filibuster because even if we win and we get all this, and I think we will, none of that's going to pass because to your earlier point, part of the reason I just have a little one little different point on that. Part of the reason we had those openings is that when Obama and the Democrats had power, they wanted to go along and play the same. They wanted to right. They wanted to see if they get along with Republicans and they and they blocked them even when they didn't have the power. Well, I well mean, first of all, that, power, first of all, that's why Harry Reid lowered the threshold when it came to when it came to those because he said, look, y'all, y'all substructionists with 60. I'm lowering it. Uh, and he said he lowered it not for Supreme Court justices. Republicans were like, oh, damn that. They, they kept it for Supreme Court justices, and they got rid of the 60-vote threshold. That shows you how they use power. Again, talk about judges. The recordings of the grand jury proceedings in the Breonna Taylor case were released today. Why? Because a judge ordered it. They revealed what evidence Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron presented to jurors. Among the information presented to the grand jury, there was a neighbor's account an investigator with Cameron's office relayed an interview with a neighbor who lived directly next door to Taylor who said he knows for a fact nobody announced themselves as police. A different neighbor said she heard police say, reload, reload, let's do what we need to do. Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly, who was shot during the raid, told the Public Integrity Unit that our intent was to give Taylor plenty of time to come to the door because she was probably there alone. The recordings are approximately 15 hours long and cover the grand jury's sessions from September 21st through September 23rd. Quentin, these are important because what it also reveals, it reveals that Daniel Cameron <laughs> frankly lied when he came before the public about what the grand jury was considering. And the only reason we have this now because a grand juror filed a motion to get these tapes released. When, when I saw him on, at the Republican convention, I knew what was going to happen then. I mean, they wouldn't have him come there if he was going to say anything that or do anything that was going against their platform or what they wanted to do. That whole convention was anti-Black Lives Matter. And this is one of the top topics in Black Lives Matter issues going on right now. And one thing that I found uh, in the tapes that was really interesting to me, nobody had on a body camera. And they had no form. It said they had no formal plan for entry. So what? I mean, what were they there to do? Julian, uh, this is important. Uh, the lawyers, Not excuse me, the lawyers committee, the civil rights under law. I saw the uh, NAACP Legal Defense Fund. They said they're going through those tapes. Other lawyers as well, Ben Krupp and others. And so uh, we're going to get an indication of more of that. You know, it's a it's a blessing that Breonna's uh, boyfriend was there 
because otherwise right. there will be no witnesses. I mean, right. the, uh, the neighbors, but no one who's right in this house. He said he didn't hear anything. Cameron is a, a very deceptive young man, extremely deceptive. And what we know is that he did not, as her parents, her mother said, did not present evidence that favored Brianna. He, he just presented evidence that basically attempted to exonerate the police officers. If someone gets uh, convicted of reckless endangerment for shooting into a neighbor's house, why did they not reckless, get reckless endangerment or something else for shooting into Breonna's house? This is nonsense, but Roland, it does go back to your point about the judges and voting for the judges. And let me just say this. Voting is not the most you can do. It's the least you can do. And I think if we haven't yeah. learned anything else in the last four years, we this has been reinforced for us. We have a completely irresponsible president who has essentially been single-handedly in charge of this virus killing now 200 and I think it was 207,000 people. Uh, we have an irresponsible president who's also basically lined his own pockets, lined his friends' pockets, doesn't pay taxes. This is going down the list. But the fact is that now we know what the implications of having a crooked president are. We have labor secretary who doesn't know anything about labor. We have EPA uh, secretary who doesn't like the environment. Just go down the list. Um, again, folks, uh, we're going to get uh, more details on that uh, in just a second. Got to go to a break. We come back. Uh, Dion Warwick is going to be uh, participating in a national remembrance of COVID. Uh, the folks who passed away from COVID-19 we will talk to her next on Roland Martin Unfiltered. You want to support Roller March Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. I think uh, wearing a face mask, I don't know, somehow, I don't see it for myself. The can, second, you, can you take it off because I cannot hear I'll, you? I'll just speak louder, sir. Oh, this, okay, good. You want to be politically correct. Go ahead. No, sir, I just want to wear go the ahead, mask. Go ahead, go ahead. It affects virtually nobody. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. I don't wear masks like him. Every time you see him, he's got a mask. He could be speaking... 200 feet away from it, he shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen. Funny news, the President of the United States now confirming to the world that he and the First Lady of the United States have both tested positive for the coronavirus and they will quarantine. It is what it is. The CDC has identified a case of coronavirus in Washington state. The words about a pandemic at this point? No, we're not at all, and it's uh, going to be just fine. Whatever happens, we're totally prepared. The scientists knew what to do for the pandemic response. The plan was in front of us, but leadership would not do it. It is time to lay our careers on the line and push back. It's clear the United States did not perform to the best of its ability with the coronavirus. 
went wrong for us. The truth is that political leaders caused avoidable death and destruction. The scientists sounded the alarm every day. The U.S. government was doing nothing. One day it's like a miracle, it will disappear. It'll be wonderful, it'll be a gift from heaven. It's complete bullshit. He has no idea what he's talking about. I decided to break protocol and alert Americans. A key government scientist was removed because he wouldn't climb on the president's bandwagon. They started to blame other people and it was frightening. There was real fear of retribution and we were watching the number of deaths in the US tick higher and higher. Do you take responsibility? No, I don't take responsibility at all. We've never had a failure like this. The truth is finally coming out. There's so much to expose. We have it totally under control. Uh, those are some of the uh, viral uh, ads that were dropped uh, in response to uh, Trump and coronavirus, really, from the debate uh, on Tuesday. Uh, today, Joe Biden, he spoke in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where he talked about uh, coronavirus, but also he talked about health care. Hey, folks, good afternoon. Before I start, let me explain the delay. We wanted to make sure that we're doing everything by the numbers. And so I uh, got two, uh, two COVID tests this morning, one in Delaware and one by the former White House doc who came up and everything is clear. We want to make sure everything was clear before I came. And we were supposed to have an event after this uh, at, a, uh, at a headquarters, but uh, based on the crowd size and an indoor, it was concluded by the docs that best not to do it. But I want to thank all of you. I want to thank Matt. And Matt, you're dead right. You were putting yourself on the line, and a lot of other people did all across this country in your union. And I want to thank uh, David Way, Secretary Treasurer of Local 951, uh, for having me here today. Look, uh, let's. I'd like to start by acknowledging. The reason I wanted to show that uh, is because we were, we talked about folks who are just joining us. Uh, of course, uh, Donald Trump is now at Walter Reed Medical Center after testing positive for coronavirus. Uh, it is important there, Rob, for Donald Trump, for Joe Biden to give that speech wearing his mask because this, in moments like this, you need leadership. Uh, he talked about at the opening there in terms of how they uh, involve in testing as well. He's wearing that N95 mask. Uh, people follow leadership. And then when leaders disavow masks and disavow social distancing, the rest of the public is like, well, what the hell? If it's good for them, it's good for me. This is exactly the kind of leadership we need right now. Yep. Well, so goes the leadership, so goes the culture, so goes the culture, so goes an organization, and so goes a nation. So uh, we absolutely need uh, a leader that understands that what you say matters, what you do matters, and people do follow what other people do. Uh, and, and we've seen people follow, unfortunately, uh, this current president off a cliff. And the president's fallen <laughs> and got himself in trouble. And so now I hope people can step back, breathe, and not let their emotions or not just, not just be totally irrational and see that science works, data works, and this is about protecting other people. Because had we done this earlier, we didn't have to have 207,000 people dead and how, however many others are gonna be affected in the future now. This could have came under control and I think would have had, had Donald Trump 
done the same thing that Joe Biden is doing. This It is not political to wear a mask. It is about being safe. Hard stop. And so I hope people get back to that and we can actually get back uh, to focusing on issues that, that matter. We can come together as a country and, and just really get off this stupidity because this has really hurt us. Not only stupidity, but this, this, this dangerous attitude that science doesn't matter, facts don't matter. The only thing that matters is what makes me feel good. Uh, Quentin, go ahead. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if Donald Trump comes out and then he really just pushes the coronavirus issue, then I think we'll see a change. Other than that, I really don't think we will. Um, in the end of the day, like you said, the leadership matters. And right now he's the leader of the country. He sets the tone, right? So at this time, we have a leader that still says that it's not important. If he come, even even him going to the hospital, I feel and in like- fact, uh, And in fact, hold tight one second. In fact, the White House uh, has released this, Kaylee McEnany uh, has released this statement. Uh, President Trump remains in good spirits, has mild symptoms, and has been working throughout the day uh, out. Uh, I'm going to see if I can pull this up. Uh, folks, this tells you that this is more serious, and they keep trying to let everybody believe. Uh, uh, if y'all see it, this is the, um, uh, let me know if y'all uh, actually see it here. Uh, this is the statement. Uh, President Trump remains in good spirits, has mild symptoms, and has been working throughout the day out of an abundance of caution and at the recommendation of his physician and medical experts, the president will be working from the presidential offices at Walter Reed for the next few days. President Trump appreciates the outpouring of support for both he and the first lady. That's from Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany. Quentin, uh, again, you don't work from the presidential office at Walter Reed for the next few days if <laughs> you have mild symptoms. Right. Um, I mean, for sure, it's more serious than what they're putting off. Um, but at the same time, it's the narrative that they're going to put out in the coming days, right? Um, because I don't think they can make a hard switch as far as they've been pushing. I mean, it's at the point that people are storming state houses and everything just saying that it's a hoax. And even though he has it, unless something serious happens to this man, I just really don't see them changing their platform on it. Well, they're going to have to change their platform. It's, it's, it's uh, projected that another 150, 200,000 people will die before the end of the year. Um, President and First Lady have it. I mean, so many people have had, had this um, virus. Many of them have survived. Some have not. I, I, I don't certainly don't expect him to reverse himself on mask wearing, but I do expect him to put one on. And I bet the doctors at Walter Reed will tell him the same thing. And now that we know that how highly contagious he is, let me repeat that, how highly contagious he is, uh, if he walks out of the White House without a mask on, somebody ought to arrest him. That's hyperbole. <laughs> That's hyperbole. But, but I mean, it's, just, it's really absurd. Not I, that I much. Got it. Before, but you know, understand? <laughs> no, no, no. Look, I look. I understand your point. Bottom line is this: here, um, again, the games that they played, it should be no games. Uh, and this is where, if you were the chief of staff, Mark Meadows, you would have some guts and say, "Look, he's in the hospital. Mandatory mask uh, in the White House." Uh, you, you, you completely uh, put in real rules. You listen to a Dr. Anthony Fauci. That's what they should do. I want to thank our panel today. Rob Richardson, thank you so very much. Uh, Quentin, thanks a lot. Julian, thanks a bunch as well. Uh, Y'all have an absolute great weekend. You too. You. 
Folks, uh, I told you that uh, Joe Biden spoke today uh, in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Want to just give you a sense uh, of some of the rest of that particular speech. He talked about health care in his speech. Uh, he talked about the economy uh, in his speech as well. Uh, and so here's what he had to say. They've been looking for work for at least six months and haven't found it. And in the past, that's a sign for permanency for them. We're still down 647,000 manufacturing jobs nationwide since the crisis started. All told, we are now 30 million workers who have either lost hours, lost paychecks, or lost their jobs entirely. Participating in the labor force, participation, fell last month and remains sharply down since this crisis began, especially for women. There's another roughly 700,000 people who've dropped out of the labor force, stopped looking for a job. The vast majority were women, demonstrating once again how this economic crisis has been especially tough on women and families in this country. This will be the first presidency in modern history to leave office with fewer jobs than when it came into office. Michigan has lost more than 361,000 jobs since the beginning of 2017. In fact, factories were already closing before COVID. Like the Knoll plant here in Grand Rapids, they announced back in January they were shutting down and cutting 210 local jobs. Manufacturing has already slipped into a recession last year. The net loss of auto manufacturing jobs you saw here in Michigan. And that economic pain was only amplified by the pandemic. Your schools and local businesses are closed, like all places around America. More than 26 million unemployment claims were filed by Americans last month. 46 million Americans have exhausted their emergency savings. And essential workers here in Grand Rapids won't forget how the UFCW members saw their jobs turn suddenly into a life and death task. Folks, today, today's report reinforces another painful trend, the continuing of what economists call a K-shaped recovery. The K means that letter going up, that's those who on the top, it keeps going up. While everyone else in the middle is going down and below, we're seeing things get worse. It means essential workers, UFCW workers, who sacrificed to keep us going through the pandemic and continue it, are being left behind by the most unequal recovery in modern history. Because while workers are struggling, this is a fact, the top 100 billionaires in America have done pretty well, just the top 100 of them. They've made up more than $30 billion this year in the last nine months. And everyone else, though you get, you keep hoping, you get the bottom of that K-shaped recovery. You get the downward slide. You're left to figure out how you're going to pay the bills and put food on the table, how to balance doing your job with being a teacher to your kids because their school has gone remote. You're asked to risk your neck because you can't work from home or the risks for COVID 
are kept outside. Because you work at a meatpacking plant or an assembly line or at a checkout counter. You know, I do understand this is a scary time, an uncertain time. I understand it and I see you. Because I see the world from where I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, a lot like Grand Rapids. It's filled with an awful lot of good people busting their neck every day to do the right thing for their families. In Scranton, my mom used to have an expression. She'd say it not just in Scranton, but from the time we left there. Say, Joey, nobody's better than you, Joey, but everybody's your equal. My dad's constant refrain after he lost a job in Scranton when there were no more work and he had to move to Delaware. He moved away for a little over a year, come back every weekend to see us. By the time we finally, a couple of years down the road in Delaware, got to finally be able to buy a home. My dad used to use this expression. He said, Joey, a job's about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. It's about your place in the community. All right, folks, this weekend is going to be a huge event taking place to remember the more than 200,000 Americans who have passed away from coronavirus. Of course, the news of Donald Trump having coronavirus uh, puts a different focus on this. Uh, it's going to be hosted by Grammy Award-winning singer and former U.S. Ambassador for Health, Dionne Warwick. The National COVID-19 Remembrance uh, will unite Americans to honor the dead and call on leaders to do more. We'll be live streaming it right here on our Roland Martin Unfiltered platforms. Dion, welcome to Roland Martin Unfiltered. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? It is always great to see you. It's been a bit, uh, but uh, it's always great to see that smile. Um, this, um, why did you want to participate in this event? Um, how important was it to you? Well, you know, my you know my thing is about health has has always been, and uh, can't get any bigger than this COVID nineteen. You know, it's just been uh, devastating not only us. It's devastating the entire world. And something has got to be done. We got to get our leaders to know, hey, get on that horse and start riding. You know, we, we've, we've got to get good information out to people and we've got to follow through with it. We've got to also continue to let them know the importance of the things that we've been told to do. You know, simple things. Wear that mask. Yeah. Wash your hands. Yeah, because you're touching everything you can. And also, stay the distance from people. You know, we've been told how this is contracted now. It's an airborne disease. And if we don't pay attention to it, I guess that, that means that you might want it, huh? <laughs> you will be, uh, you will turn 80 on December 12th. Uh, and uh, how, have, uh, how have you let your family and others know that you ain't playing with this coronavirus? I've been sitting at home. <laughs> I got to know my house very, very well. <laughs> you know, I don't have to get up and run through no airports or anything of that nature. And for these past seven months, I must say, it's, I've been treating it almost like a vacation. You know, I've been on the road for almost almost 60 years now. And uh, to say that I can sleep in my own bed without having a maid knocking on the door trying to get in my room, um, to eat my own food, I can cook my own stuff now, you know. I and I get on the phone, I talk to a lot of my friends. It's been a kind of a a blessing for me. Well, you, you know? well, you're absolutely right. I mean, look, I, this is the longest. Uh, 
longest I've not flown in 16 years. Uh, I haven't been on a plane since February. Uh, I am because I I, I was going to vote by mail. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wouldn't trust. I'm still registered in Texas. Uh, So I'm actually and I haven't seen my parents since um, Thanksgiving. Uh, They're both 73. So I'm going to fly home uh, next Saturday. Not looking forward to it. I mean, I I am not trying to get on a plane, but I got a hazmat suit. uh, I got a shield. I got an N95 mask because I'm not trying to pick up something on a plane and get them sick. I understand. I totally understand. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, you know, so it's like, like so I don't want to get sick, but also I certainly don't want uh, them to get sick. Uh, no. and, and that's the way that, 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 that really has to be our mindset that we can't be so arrogant and selfish where we're thinking about ourselves without realizing that our decisions, we could infect, infect children, husbands, wives, cousins, friends, because we choose to be careless. That's for sure. Absolutely, for sure. You know, God has blessed my family. Nobody has gotten sick. Everybody's healthy. They have been, been, been obeying the rule, you know, to, to stay safe. And, you know, it's it's um, it's something that we, we just have to start thinking that, how can I protect me? And when I do that, I am obviously protecting you, too. You know, I mean, it's common sense. It's all it takes. Just a bit of common sense. And we all have it. Now we got to start using it. This event taking place tomorrow, uh, what all is it going to entail? Uh, Well, there'll be people who unfortunately have lost. um, We're talking about 200,000 lives that we have no longer with us. Uh, There's a a, 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 um, setting up 20 chairs representing one in 10 of every family, everybody has lost their lives to COVID. We have speakers who are from people who unfortunately have, are suffering at this moment, grieving the loss of their family, friends, or spouses. And it's, it's, some, it's about time that we now say thank you. We gotta say thank you to the, the frontliners, those doctors, those nurses, the, the grocery stores, uh, the, the bus drivers, the all those people who have been keeping us in a surviving mode. It's time to say thank you. And I think this, this is going to be one of those times that we can say. And also, it's a time that we let folks that have are and are suffering from their losses with this COVID, that we grieve with them that we do feel their pain. Mm-hmm. And then we have to know that we've got, this is a time to unite, really, truly unite and say, we're, we're here for each other. We got to know, know that loving, giving, and caring is what we are all about. My grandfather, who was a minister, told me many, many years, I was, I was an infant when he told me this. He said, we were all put here for one purpose, and that is to care for each other. And that's so simple to do. It doesn't take nothing but, hey, can I be of some service to you? Mm-hmm. What can I do? What can I, how can I help you? That's all it takes. You, uh, you talked about uh, getting to know your home very well, but you did get out for a moment to participate in the verses with Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle. Uh, it was, uh, I was watching it live. It was, uh, 
It was uh, awesome uh, to see you step out there uh, in that white suit uh, <laughs> to uh, to come out there. Uh, uh, how was it for you to spend a little time with your two longtime uh, friends and music mates? It was a hoot. I, I had the best time. I was there surprised. They didn't know I was going to be there. Oh, they didn't? No. Awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, it was like, and they kept me hidden. And I, I loved every minute of the show. I watched them, you know, conversing and singing. And what really impressed me was about the show was how they allowed those two ladies to give some wonderful, wonderful information to our babies who are out here now in show business. <laughs> you know, just giving them a few ground rules of how they did it and why they did it. And, and look at them now. You know, icons. I want to do this here. I just want to share for our folks just a little of that. So let's go ahead and turn it up, y'all. Thank you for the times when we're apart. Close your eyes and know these words are coming from my big old heart. Hey, hey, hey. Keep smiling, keep shining. No. You're actually right. I mean, it, it was great to listen to the stories. Uh, you know, people love the music, but uh, all those backstories uh, about yeah. the business, what they endure, cooking on the road, all the stuff like that. I mean, that's I mean, that's the beauty of uh, when you get two folks together and they can get to share those memories that we ordinarily don't get to listen to. Because you go to the concert, you just you want to hear them sing. <laughs> well, I mean, in concert, that's what we do, you know. And it's 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 nice to hear that it wasn't all peaches and cream, you know. We went through some pretty rough times with uh, going down south when people didn't want us to be there, <laughs> but we did it anyway. And then, and in the long run, now they can't do without us. You know what I'm saying? So I, I had, like I said, I was enjoying every minute of their conversations because it took me back too to all those wonderful memories. I was, uh, I was sitting here thinking as, as you were talking. Uh, uh, I was looking on our YouTube channel, and our Facebook page, and there were some people who were talking about um, uh, some of your hits. And I, re I remember we were we were on CNN together with Soledad O'Brien. Uh, and I, for, I forgot which song it was. It might have been a San Jose song. I can't remember. And yeah. and you said, you know, I really didn't never really like that song. That's true. And it was so, it was so funny because we were sitting there and Soul Dad was like, huh? And the artist was like, sit there. you like, look, you like, look, I know people like it, but I ain't really like that song. I didn't. You know, I didn't want to record that song. If it had been for Hal David, who I happened to have adored, miss him terribly to, to this very day. Um, he was stationed there, fell in love with San Jose, wrote this song. And I just, I told Hal, as in fact, I said, you know, you did not write this song. And he said, oh, yes, I did. I said, well, you could not have written this song. Because, I mean, you've written some, walk on by, say a little prayer, anyone that had a heart. Don't make me a, how are you going to write a song that say, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you know, but hey, I, I got to tell you, in the long run, I cried all the way to the bank. What can I tell you? 
Well, that's that's one of the things that just like the Temptations, they were, did not like. Papa was a Rolling Stone. Uh, I've talked to other artists as well. It's always too funny when you, again when you hear that backstory. They're like, man, I don't want to do this song. And then then thirty years later, they're like, I'm so glad I did that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I we I fiddle faddled with it a bit, and uh, I had the pleasure of doing it as a duet. And uh, I, I can't tell you, uh, Celia Cruz. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'm the only American artist she's ever thought about recording with. Wow. Indeed. And so we took it into a salsa. And it is so hot now. I, lo- I don't mind singing it now. Uh, I, was, uh, I was listening to uh, as, as the three of y'all when y'all were singing. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I could not help but think, Man, listen to the three of y'all, and what if we can listen to that amazing voice of Luther Vandross? Oh, my. Oh. How much I miss him, I can't tell you. That was uh, my real buddy. You know, Luther was more family than friend. Um, I mean, I, I miss those three and four o'clock in the morning calls from him talking about, did I see the last wrestling match? What? <laughs> <laughs> wrestling match? Yeah, he was an avid. Wrestling, wrestling, uh, person. He loved that that sport, and uh, you know, of course, his music, and being able to sit in a studio with him and record with him was my blessing. It truly was. Well, it's funny you t- as you talk about that, that three or four o'clock in the morning calls and missing it. Uh, I-, I could not help but think about um, missing. It's been two years since we lost her. Uh, getting one of those phone calls from Aretha Franklin, uh, yeah. who was a notorious night owl, uh, and I, I remember just I'm 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 literally in the bed sleep. I my my TV One show came on at seven at seven a.m. So I got up uh, like four thirty in the morning, right. and it's, it's almost one a.m. Rolling, I see this two four eight. I'm like, and and, and the queen changed. <laughs> she, I, I I think I had like eight phone numbers for her. I said, look, you need to stop changing your number. Uh, and she wants, she's like, I saw you on the TV, on the news, baby. She started talking, and my wife was like, who is that called? I was like, oh, that's your Sarah, uh, 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 Aretha. And she's like, well, I guess you got to take that phone call. So yeah, I, I didn't say queen, I was asleep. Uh, I had to let her go ahead and talk. Uh, <laughs> And so, same thing, uh, losing losing her as well. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with you. There will never be another Aretha Franklin, ever. There was only one. God threw that mold away. Well, it's going to be uh, uh, it'll be it'll be a reflective, somber moment this weekend, but certainly an opportunity for people to be able to come together, heal, uh, yes. and hopefully uh, with music uh, soothe the souls of those who have not just those who have lost loved ones, but the people who also who have you know look seven we've lost two hundred thousand Americans, but seven million have been infected. And That's people right. are still having serious health issues even after the fact, so we can't lose sight of th- those folks as well. That's for sure, no doubt. You know, and I mean, come on, folks, you know, get get it together. You know, it's very easy to do. That's all you got to do is to take care of you and then taking care of yourself. You're taking care of so many others. Well, well, we're going to be live streaming it uh, on my uh, platforms. We certainly look forward to it. Uh, Thank you so very much for joining us. I can't wait, hopefully, when this COVID thing passes uh, so our paths can cross again and we can uh, hug, chat, uh, and enjoy some music. We have to do that. We must do it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. All right, Dion, thanks a lot. You take care. You do the same, Dion. 
All right, folks. Uh, the great Dion Warwick, don't forget to show the graphic again. This is this weekend. Uh, they'll be having the National Remembrance uh, for Coronavirus. Uh, we want you guys to check it out. NationalCovidRemembrance.org. That's the website. Uh, and uh, this is the graphic here, October 4, 2020. Uh, it'll be streaming again on that site. But we'll be streaming it on our YouTube channel, our Facebook channel uh, as well. Uh, so looking forward to that. All right, folks, uh, it's uh, Friday. Uh, we always have a little good time uh, with our comedians. It's been a few weeks since we've done so. Uh, we've been so so busy with so much uh, news and politics. It's always good to get away from all of this. We were supposed to have her on the show Wednesday, but Lord, politics hit us then as well. That's what happens, y'all. Uh, it always happens uh, when we are on this show. Uh, breaking news happens, and so uh, we got to push, folks. And so right now, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, I want us uh, to welcome, uh, she's a comedian, uh, folks. She is, again, Sugar Shay, S-U-G-A, Shay. Sugar Shay, how you doing? I am good, and it is Shay Sugar. Oh, Shay Sugar, I'm sorry. They had they had Sugar Shay down here for me, uh, so my bad. Uh, Shay Sugar, where that name come from? Well, my middle name is Lachey, and I love sweets. <laughs> so they put it together, honey. Well, 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 that's uh, well, that certainly makes some sense there. Uh, oh my goodness, this has been—I uh, mean, first of all, it's so much stuff going on. Is stuff too serious where you can't really get to uh, crack some jokes and make fun of stuff? You know, it's really hard. I'm glad that I'm naturally crazy because I go through a lot, and I just—you know—you know how it's like tears of a clown. So I am a clown, and even though I am fighting depression. As we speak, honey, I can still smile and be a fool. Uh, look, look, that's been impacted by a lot of folks. This whole with COVID nineteen, they've been they've been impacted by uh, depression. COVID nineteen, you know, I'm in the Bay Area. These fires, you know, the riots, uh, these Karens walking around here. It's a lot going on. All you know, these, my yeah, kids these, at home these, all day long. These Karens messing with people, black, black folks in Oakland, not letting them barbecue. They're losing their mind. Ooh. They losing their mind. I'm serious. I'm we we got a whole segment called Crazy Ass White People, uh, and uh, trust me, these Karens are are truly uh, these Karens, these Patties, these Margarets. Uh, they really, are, uh, you know, Trump has just emboldened these fools. Baby, and they be trying me. Oh, they do. But I got two kids at home. I can't go nowhere. But I want to shout out to you know the the white folks that are you know they good people. We ain't gonna just you know say all Karens, but yeah. I There's some good right. Karens, too. I, I, I have a good friend named Karen, and she just as white as cocaine. <laughs> and she's a good people. And you told her, <laughs> you ain't going to be in one of those videos. No, I, I hope not. <laughs> now, have you have you gotten back out uh, on the road? I see some other comedians. They've been uh, back yeah. out touring. Yes, I have, and I, it's a good feeling. You know, um, I'm not really afraid of COVID. I've had some... I've had some infections that's way worse than COVID, and I got over those. So if I could get over those, and we don't even talk about them on your show, because that's a whole other show, but I'd be all right. But really, I uh, just performed at Tommy T's with uh, the hilarious Tony Roberts and Lance Woods, and it was really, really good. And it was outside, but just to be on the stage is amazing. It's just a wonderful feeling. All right, then. All right. Well, look, that, I mean, that's, that sounds great. Where, uh, where are you performing next? Uh, I'll be in Phoenix, Arizona this next weekend. Phoenix. Look, uh, dry Phoenix. land. I wish I could get out there to play some golf uh, because uh, I love to do so. But like I said, I ain't been going nowhere. 
again, I don't, I don't play around with COVID. I ain't trying to chance nothing. I ain't trying. You ain't to, gonna I ain't, catch it, ain't, baby. Look, I ain't trying to sleep in nobody else's hotel room. The absolute safest place for me is my damn house. <laughs> You know what? You ain't going to catch it. You just carry your book bottle of Lysol oh, and you're going to be oh, fine. Don't oh, let COVID no, be the reason. No, I got that too, but let's just be real clear. Uh, the safest is my own bed. I ain't I ain't, ain't got to wipe down my stuff, so I'm sitting there, nah, uh-uh. And then folk want to get together? Hell no. I ain't I ain't got together with nobody. I ain't, I'm serious. I ain't met nobody. I've had folk hit me and get together for lunch. Hell no. I know that's depressing. No, I no. Actually, it's not. Look, you just got that personality. What's your sign, Rowan? I'm a Scorpio. Look, I'm a Scorpio. Oh, you a Scorpio? Look, for 16 years, I've been on the road, going to events, meeting people, going to this, that, speaking, whatever. Look, folk now call now everybody and mama want to be on these damn zooms. I don't, I don't do them. Look, when they hit me to be on Zoom, I'm on the audio. They're like, we can't see you. I'm like, I know. But you know what? Scorpios love solitude, so y'all fine. Well, I'm, I'm going I'm, crazy. No, I ain't going crazy. I ain't going. I'm serious. No, you ain't. I am. I, I haven't had any. Look, I got two nieces, and I got my, and then my third niece. She go to Howard. She's a sophomore, and I'm trying. I'm still trying to figure out why in the hell is she at my house because, <laughs> no, seriously, I'm trying to figure that out because they all online. So my deal is to my sister and her husband. Why in the hell y'all daughter ain't at home with y'all in Houston? She ain't got... Look, my Wi-Fi is the same as y'all's. But that say a lot about you. You fun. You no, uncle. No, hell no. Look, I need, to, I need people to realize <laughs> I ain't running to bed in breakfast. That's how I am. I'm that fun auntie. They my, get on our nerves, but no, we love them. I'm that fun uncle, truth. too. Me and my wife, we ain't got kids, but there's three kids in my house. So I, I'm like, look, Okay, I'm just saying. So I'm having a conversation with my sister, like, um, your daughter need to be back at the crib. I mean, because she, she going to school online. She ain't got to be here. <laughs> Tell the truth. You know you love that baby and you enjoy her. No, I love her, but she can go, she can go home. I mean, I'm just saying. I, all I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you online. It's the same. You can be in Houston, be my parents in Dallas. You can be that. He can come to the Bay Area with you. Tell that baby to come on. Okay, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. All right, now send a little check with her now, cause you know groceries is high. Hey, look, these day and times. look, I'm all I'm saying is I just need people to understand I'm not running the bed and breakfast. I ain't running a, a boutique hotel, uh, so <laughs> uh, that's the way it is. All right. hotel. No, that, I ain't, ain't doing that. Uh-uh. That's, that, look, I, uh-uh. I guess folks figure I got <laughs> five, six bedrooms. We might as well fill them. No, no, I can walk past an empty bedroom all day. That's fun, too. And you home with your wife and no kids? Yeah, she needs to go home. I just thought about that. Girl, please. My wife a Delta. All they, Them damn Deltas on Zooms all day <laughs> long. I'm talking about they have... Really? No, you don't understand. They got... They got like retreats. They got meetings. They got uh, uh, they got uh, uh, teas, uh, and they all dressed up in hats and stuff. I'm sitting now, there. No, which one are the deltas? That's the ones in red, right? Well, yeah, Is that that, red? she said. Did you, yeah. did you actually say which one of the deltas? It's only one. Which ones? Only you know, one. you got yeah. the AKA's no, and bougie no. ones. Okay, AKA's pink and green. 
Yes. The deltas, the deltas are red and white. That's their colors. Right, okay. That's their colors. All right. So Yeah. But Lauren, You know, I just made it. I didn't make it past high school. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, look, they sit here and I'm talking about they are forever on some damn zooms. I I told I told the Delta National President, "Y'all mean too much." Give that baby some attention. No, they me too. I'm an alpha. We don't meet that damn much. Uh-uh. I said, I'm going to play golf. So she told me they got some all-day meeting tomorrow. In fact, here we take this. This one of them photos right here. Uh, look, they had Let a tee. They had a tee. The guy all dressed yes, up. All of them had, yes, all of them had yes, them big-ass yes, hats on. Yes. I was like, what is wrong with y'all? Stop all these meetings. I love it. Lord. Oh, my God. Uh -uh. Is that how y'all met? What? Uh-uh. We met at church. We met at church, baby. Uh -uh. We, she, uh, she, uh, look, and look, they had a tea right there. Uh-uh. That, they meet too yes, much. she did. They meet too much. Mm-mm. They meet too much. They, uh, that's, that's too much. I'm talking about all day. One day, I ain't see her all day. Oh. No, you, she was in the room. been married? Uh, 19 years. But I'm done. But, but the point is, oh, yeah. I'm like, how y'all in, how y'all on Zoom all day? But you know what? That says a lot about your wife, honey, because if y'all been married for 19 years and you looking for her, well, pretty no, much think she about got it. And you sitting in, you sit in the house, you like, uh, I ain't seen her ass all day. I'm talking about got up before I did, was in the room on the Zoom, and I, I did my show, came home, then I looked up, her ass was asleep, because I didn't realize they even finished the Zoom past like midnight. I'm like, look, y'all meet too much. So I'm, I'm telling you right now, so all these people, I and then now the problem, uh, uh, not a problem, Shay. Everybody thinks since you at home, then you got time to be on a Zoom. And then when you go on a Zoom, it's nine people on. <laughs> have you had? Now see, I want. Have you had people ask you to come on a Instagram show, and then you like? Oh, yeah. But then you tell them you don't have a show. You know it's not a show. It's not. It is, but it ain't. No, it's not. It's not. Don't no. say it is. It's not. Unless your ass got a show open and some graphics, that's a show. This is a show. It is. But if you on a show like with somebody, I mean, if you on Instagram Live with somebody like Lunel or, you know, one of the big no, ones, that's you a big on, deal to me. No, you still on Instagram. You ain't on they show. But it's an Instagram show. It's not a show. Everybody, everybody now think, they, they now think, Come do my Facebook Live show. You don't have a show. You got a Facebook page. You don't have a show. So stop asking me to do your show. And then, have you done is somebody Instagram Live and there's 11 people watching you? Like, why in the hell am I sitting here for an hour and it's 11 people watching? Because it ain't shit else to do. Well, I got, I got stuff to do. I can go play golf. I can go do something else, yeah. but look, I'm just letting your wife on Zoom. I'm just letting. You let, know what I hate about Zoom? What? People be talking at the same time, and you just cannot get focused, and it gets on my nerves. I don't like confusion. That's why you need it's to be. Like they need a director of Zoom. No, it's, no, you it's, know, I no, think it's, Zoom it's, should it's, have something like a choir director. It's called a moderator. Yeah. They got moderators. They can they can mute everybody. That's what everybody needs, but they don't always have that. Well, that's why you need to demand that. See, again, I got rules. I got rules. So, I agree. Look, I'm, look people, uh, hey, I'm just going to, all y'all people out there trying to invite me to do your Instagram show and your Facebook show, and if I go to your page and all I see are 89 views, I just want to <laughs> let y'all know. Well, 
You I, being bougie. No, I ain't being bougie. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. A, it was a time you only had 89. Don't you do that because you got 89 actually, million. Now, actually, that's, that's actually, it wasn't. Actually, it wasn't. Actually, it wasn't. That is bougie. No, I ain't never had 89. I had more than that. I said, <laughs> I know, but that ain't nice. These people coming no, up. Hell no, no, no. You know what? I'm taking it personal. No, but they you know act, I'm personal. But they act like you ain't got nothing else to do. Okay, follow hell me here. No. This this is a two-hour show, okay? This is a show. Like, okay, you know how, you know how I know this is a show? Henry. Henry, roll, roll, uh, roll uh, uh, the show open. See, everybody else in the show, they can't call a Henry to roll a show open because they ain't got no control room. See, if I say turn the audio up, they ain't got no audio board. They ain't got no show. Okay. Okay, but when you just called on Henry, he sounded like he was asleep because I didn't hear no response. No, Henry in there, he probably like, what the hell he calling me for? Come on, roll the show open. See, that's a show. Roll the show open. Come on. He's got it. Whatever the he's got this is the show open. Whatever it is, he's right here. This is called a show open. This, this is a, this is a theme song. This is a show theme song. In bold did this. Turn it up. Sugar Shay, that's a show. Got a show. Yeah, that open. Is a show. That's I all. I gotta give it to you. I gotta give it to you. But let me ask you this: What would you say to these inspiring comedians and and folks that want a show like Rollins? What would you say to them? Because you know we're trying to come up just Wait, like you. No, 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 no. I I'm saying come up. If you say come do my Instagram, fine. Don't call it a show. Okay. It ain't that a show. Sense. That's all I'm saying. Okay. It ain't a show. That's all I'm saying. Amen. And here's the deal. Last, <laughs> last one. Don't ask my ass to come on your Instagram for an hour or two hours. And it's 11 people on your Instagram. That's but a, those 11 people is just as, they just as important and just as special. Shay, we can FaceTime, Shay. We can FaceTime 11 people. That's a, I can't argue with Shay, you. Shay, that's a FaceTime group. I'm that's, that, that ain't no Instagram. It's a FaceTime group. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. Tell people where they can cash app you. <laughs> Y'all can cash app me. You know what? Today is a special day. Cash app somebody that you know personally that might need it. Girl, Even you better take this cash app. Give your cash oh, app. Oh, Shea Sugar then. Dollar sign Shea Sugar. <laughs> Dollar sign Thank Shea you. Sugar. Yes. Girl, you better stop being so damn humble. Better ask for that money. Somebody gonna see you. Well, I'm just a giving person. Okay, I love well, to give. Have them give you the money and you give it to somebody else. Somebody else. I will do that. Yeah, right. You're gonna keep that money. All right, Shay Sugar, thanks a lot. you gonna call me back. Huh? When you gonna call me back? I don't know. We'll think about it. Okay, well, think hard with your bougie self. I love you. I ain't bougie. I'm just being black. All right, Shay Sugar, thanks a lot. I appreciate Thank it. You. All right, Thank y'all, you. Uh, somebody sent me this shirt. I don't forgot who the hell it was. 
uh, drop below a third. Uh, I am a man dot vote. I don't know who sent me this shirt. Henry, go to the iPad. Uh, this is their website. They're encouraging uh, men, especially black men, to vote. The I Am A Man was assigned to the Black Sanitation Workers uh, War in Memphis when Dr. King went there in 1968. And so, again, they're trying to get a million men registered. And so, again, I appreciate whoever sent me this shirt. I don't know the name, uh, but I just had it, and so I just had to wear it today. I am a man dot vote. Folks, don't forget, pull the election graphic up. Y'all, look, we do not have many days left. Next week, we got voter registration deadlines coming up next week, okay? You can pull those up for me. Here's the deal. I'm 31 days. 31 days until election day. But next week, we've got voter registration deadlines. I need y'all to make sure you registered. Alaska and Rhode Island October 4th. Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Ohio, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Texas. Your deadline is on Monday, it's on Monday. On Tuesday, Illinois, Nevada, New Mexico, Missouri, your deadline is Wednesday. Idaho, New York State, North Carolina, Oklahoma, your deadline is Thursday. Delaware, your deadline is Friday. Folks, I need y'all registered. Also, in Ohio and Michigan, Democrats pick up one seat on the state Supreme Court. They now control the state Supreme Court. I keep telling y'all, judges, 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 don't act like judges do not matter. All right, folks, we got to go for that. You know, we always end the show. Support us now. Don't bring the funk fan club. Go to cash app, dollar sign, RM Unfiltered, paypal.me forward slash rmartinunfiltered, venmo.com forward slash rmunfiltered, New Vision Media, send us a money order, new NU Vision Media, Inc., 1625 K Street Northwest, Suite 400, Washington, D.C., 2006. And, of course, your dollars go to support this show. Yes, a show, a real show with graphics, with show open, with staff, with cameras. We always end the show every single Friday, folks, with our charter fan clubs. We got more than 13,000. Our goal is to get 20,000 by the end of the year. Y'all, more than 6,000 been watching on YouTube. Y'all can give right there on YouTube as well. I will see y'all guys on Monday. Ha!
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. You know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.